for me, it's been a home run in two ways, on the racetrack and also building our brand here in Australia in our business. We finished first or second every year since 05, um, which was... Uh, I knew it was fast before, and I proved it very it's, it's motor racing, you know, you can't really just look at the last race of the year. You have to look at, uh, it starts at Adelaide and it ends at Newcastle. But... From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Hello and welcome back to Inside Supercars. I'm Tony Whitlock. A family legacy is difficult to live up to. John Blanchard understood better than most what it would be ahead for his son Tim when he decided to start racing. Now Tim's full-time career is over in supercars and John has been able to reflect on the experience for himself and his son. So join us after the break with John Blanchard. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after, um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. We're here with John Blanchard, father of Tim. He will no longer be a full-time driver, and so John will not be going to all the race meetings Maybe, but... Uh, I'll still probably be doing half of them, or a few, okay. yeah. yeah. And, and John, of course, and Tim hold a unique position in Australian motorsport. The only father and son Formula 4 champions. Oh, what? I didn't quite win the championship. Tim managed to do that, but I came second twice. So... Oh, did you? On... Oh, yeah. Right, OK. So... Well, yes, but you certainly carved your I name certainly... over. Yeah, no, I certainly won many races, but... Couldn't quite nail the now the championship. Oh, so. You didn't have the Ritters in your corner. That was the problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also back in those days, I think the races there was only eight races made up the championship. So yeah. three of the races I won, I think, were Sandown and the Grand Prix and those support races. But they weren't rounds of the championship, so were standalone events. So. And you bought that car back again, I understand. I, I bought that car back and restored it. I've got two cars. The one I've originally raced. And the last one I raced, so they've both been both? Uh, 88 Van Diemen and a 92 Swift. Okay. So, right. yeah, uh, the 92 Swift's not eligible for historic yet, but I've been doing some historic races with uh, Tim's younger brother, Harry. Right, okay. Uh, and, of course, uh, you did touring cars for a number of years, yeah. National yeah. Touring Car Championship, yeah. in the days when it was the Shell. Yes, it was. Yeah, I did a couple of years with Tony Longhurst and the BMW Benson Hedges team. But uh, yeah, that all ended with uh, the event of uh, the supercars. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But memorable times. I mean, it was a very big category. When yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. And it yeah. gave me a good insight and probably some motivation for Tim wanting to, you know, do what he does. So. Now, your motorsport career was started uh, in the back of your father's. Uh, yeah, my, my father did a bit of uh, circuit racing back in the 60s against Beachy and all those guys. Um, in the Cooper S, and he went on and did a lot of rallying, competing in the Southern Cross and events like that. 
but yeah, we, you know, the family, uh, he was on a wage then, we hadn't really started cool drive, and, and uh, yeah, so he was limited as to what he could do. Yeah, okay. And of course, to a large number of um, very keen, enthusiastic historic people, cool drive's address is not just an air conditioning factory or warehouse or anything like that. It's the home of the Historic Society in Victoria. It is, yes. No, we, we built a new factory next door to our previous one and vacated the offices. And at the time, the Victorian Historic Racing Register for looking for a new home. So we, we leased it out to them. And they've been there for, I don't know, a long time now. But, but a lot of memorabilia and car club and meetings and functions are held there. Yes, I've been lucky enough to attend. Yeah. In fact, unfortunately, I, it was a mistake when I was invited to lunch. I didn't realise you're supposed to bring your yeah, own no, lunch. You're supposed to bring lunch and a bottle of red. I, yeah. I learned after I got there, yeah, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, fortunately, it worked well. Um, look, I just wanted to talk to you about you know, Tim's racing. I mean, um, he, did he start in go-karts? He started in go-karts when he was nine, yeah, and worked his way up through that and, and won uh, three national championships in different categories then moved on to Formula Ford and uh, yeah and ended up winning that and I think in 2005 or six did a year in the UK after that came second in a UK championship there then came back here and started doing the supercar thing right now it was when he was doing the go-karts was did you have to you know prepare the cars or was he the one who was you know if you want to do this you've got to do it sort of thing uh, a, a little bit of it was a, a little bit of that, but um, we did a fair bit of work. But as we got into it more and more, we started doing more and more interstate races, and they, uh, we were running two or three classes. So it became, you know, a two or three man job to maintain all the carts, and he'd be jumping out of one into the next. So, which is you know pretty common. Most most yeah. of the you know front running kids would do that. And um, yeah, they also had a, a series there, the Ford Stars Go Kart series, which I think Mark Winterbottom won it the first year and went on to get a Formula Ford drive. Um, Tim was doing the support category, he was too young to compete in that in the first year, but that involved going all over Australia, up and down the East Coast. So, you know, a lot of times he was flying home on Sunday night, and then I'd drive back with a go-kart trailer, or vice versa. He, you know, he had to go back to school, he was doing year 11 or 12. So. Oh my gosh. So yeah, which was again, you know, there was often a convoy of four or five dads driving back from Queensland or Sydney or somewhere after putting all the kids on the plane on Sunday night and home to go to school, and yeah, it was good days though. <coughs> Motor racing is evolving again in that we're now seeing where drivers are. Yeah. yeah, like your son and Paul Dunbrell and you have yeah. busy careers. Yeah. Um, you've made the decision to obviously keep the uh, the wreck and to keep racing, and yeah. the Brad Jones thing works well, yeah. Brad and him. Um, this is going to be enjoyable for you still? Oh, yeah, look, we've got a lot of history. We, we use it to promote our business and enjoy the racing and just, you know, Tim did very well and won the Formula 4 Championship, but... Unfortunately, in V8s, probably 15 or 16 of the 26 guys have also won a Formula 4 championship. So it's a really tough category, and he just, you know, we wanted to give it a go and see, you know, where we, where, how far we could go with it. But Tim's, you know, very frustrated staying where he is, and and uh, he doesn't think he can do any better. So it's in the best interest of the, the company and Cool Drive to step aside and give someone younger a go and. He'll focus on the, you know, perhaps re, you know, running the team a bit more, working with Brad a lot closer, and 
and also doing his you know role at Cool Drive managing our marketing. Right, but he'll also step in as an enduro. He'll, he'll do the enduro's drives, and he, he may do a couple um, races in something else. It's probably a necessity to stay fairly sharp, but yeah. Well, the next year or two, and then we'll just see how it goes. But um, um, I imagine that he probably, like yourself, Bathurst is one place to drive. Forget the event yeah. itself; just driving the trackers or something yeah, special. Yeah, no, he loves it. So. He loves all the trucks. He enjoys the racing. He just, you know, puts a lot of pressure on himself. Frustrated. You know, he's probably one of the few, if only, drivers that you know does a thirty-hour week of, at work doing marketing, and you know he'll race on Sunday and, and most Monday afternoons or Tuesday morning. The latest to be back in the office. So uh, you know he's got to fit the training schedule in. So it's just you know something he's got to give. And now, now I know that there's a couple of boys who run around in world motor racing who've been cool drive. Um, Warehouse assistant, shall we call them? Uh, yes, no, Dave, we've had Reynolds. Few. Dave Reynolds worked at Cool Drive. We've, we, Tim came up through racing with uh, Sonic, who have won numerous, you know, career cup and former Ford championships. And uh, they've often got young guys based in Melbourne that are struggling for a job, yep. or can't get a normal job. But in between races, they're a bit bored or got nothing to do, and but need to be able to get time off to do testing. And so we, you know, just to support young guys, we we do a bit. Uh, we've James helped Small being James Small was another one that uh, we helped along the way and, and we even sponsored him for a year in Formula Ford so yeah there's been a few other Sonic drivers as well that we've just helped along in the background because we can and we're happy to do it Well the Grandchild name is certainly one that's carved its place in motorsport and you see that continuing on for some time yeah, no, we, you know, look, We'd love to love to uh, improve and get further up the grid, get into the top 10 on a regular basis and um, probably I'd like to see us become you know, a little bit like GRM, maybe run our own team one day or partner with Brad but I admire the way Gary Rogers you know, picked up Wing Cup and Tander and McLaughlin and other guys and giving guys a start and I hope that we can, we can do that in the future as well. When uh, Jamie joined Triple Eight and won at Adelaide I actually told Ludo a stat which I went and worked out because he was rather disparaging yeah. of Gary Rogers' car that you'd be better off not driving one of those shit boxes. So I actually discovered that if you go through the uh, list of drivers who'd won a round, so this is not just competed, but yeah. won a round, yeah. that of the drivers who were then in the category, 25% of them had their first drive in a Gary car, and that's obviously Stevie yeah. Richards and Jason and yeah. all those guys. And that's an amazing statistic because it's like Frank Williams or... You know, well, it's a big, big investment. You know, it's a multi-million-dollar thing to run a race car these days. And yes, we own our own wreck, but it's very hard for kids that have got, you know, even a lot of talent and a lot of family backing still to get a break. So, but especially the kids have just got talent. So, we're sort of watching what's going on. I've even been looking at those couple of young kids. I'm watching Formula Ford at the moment, and uh, yeah, we'd nothing, nothing make us happier to give someone a break and, and see them go on and be a champion of the category and know that Cool Drive gave them a start. It, it's lovely to see, in fact, I mean, the way, say, Anton did Pasquale. Yeah. Um, that, uh, you know, clearly he's had some good mentors and been in some good places and good cars. Very close, very good friend of Paul Morris's and Paul's been waving his flag for a long time and uh, he's done remarkably well. This time last year, Tim was going to pull the pin, and it was only because we were uh, changing to KRE engines. He said, "Oh, look, you know, he made the decision to pull the pin, and then they 
said we're changing engines and he thought well maybe I'll just get one more go but, you know, see if it makes a difference but at that time I was talking to Paul and Paul was pushing Anton and we were you know, if Tim hadn't raced this year, there's a very good chance we would have put Anton in the car because he's the star of the but future. The great thing is, of course, it's a demonstration that there are people around. Yeah, you know, oh, there's, there's people around. Yeah. There's people watching if you do well enough. and you, um, There's people you know, out there that will help you and pick you up. And, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure that we'll see you around at the uh, track in future when we look all the best in the transition from uh, Tim being a driver to a team manager, owner. Yeah, well, Tim will do a lot of that. We, you know, we have 30 or 40 customers here this weekend, so oh, wow. we've been doing a lot of pit tours and PR and stuff. And hopefully Tim can take that over next year and also just work with the guys on the strategy and of the race and, yeah, see how we go. Well, thank you, John Blanchard, for your time and uh, best of luck with it all in the future. No worries. Thanks a lot, Tony. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every, every year I see Jackie's Tour Grand Prix and I just remind myself of, of his part in, in starting the, the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Jack Brabham certainly left his mark, not only on Australian motorsport, but motorsport all around the world. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. On next week's Inside Supercars, we continue our discussion with fathers of drivers. Next week... Robert Van Gisbergen takes centre stage, talking about his rallying days leading up to New Zealand's first supercar champion, that being his son Shane. Basically I've got a, a rallying background, and virtually all of it was done on a gravel road and um, I got involved with motocross as well and a bit of speedway. I hope you'll join us on Inside Supercars. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars.